This week on the Sport Blokes. This week, the king is the king as LeBron finally passes Kareem. The Kelsey Bowl, I mean Super Bowl, is nearly here. A couple of head-scratching bloody hells. And if you're planning a break-in, pick your target very carefully. Very, very carefully, especially on the Gold Coast. Let's go. It's 7.30 here in the West on Wednesday, the 8th of February, 2023. Thank you very much to those that have liked and subscribed. And as always, be sure to check the timestamps if you're only interested in specific sports and not the whole show. It's going to be another basketball heavy one again this week, Shuey. But we start with the opening bounce. How you been, mate? Been all right. It's been ridiculously hot here, though. And yes, it has. I don't take well to hot weather. I very much have Scottish blood in me, so I find the cold is a lot better. But I'm reaching as, for the aircon. There we go. Nathan reaches for the aircon. We'll see if the sound changes. It should, it should be fine. We've, we've used it before. So. should be fine. But no, look, it is, uh, it is nice. The nights are starting to cool down. Enjoying it a little bit more. Yes. How about yourself? For the odd day or two. Yeah. Oh, it's stinking hot. It is. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations to the Adelaide Giants for winning the Claxton Shield over the Perth Heat, for starters. Would have been a very big weekend for Perth if they managed to get that one as well. Uh, I saw a John Casey tweet which showed Anthony Curion's fantastic catch to help secure the championship, so that was great. Hats off to them. It seems like the A-League is at least doing something right, taking a more cautious approach with the Pride round. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a bit more kind of do what you like. It's less prescriptive, so players can choose their own destiny a little bit with that one. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, well, I guess they're learning from the ills of the NRL and the NBL recently. But yeah. but it was interesting to hear. It wasn't Joe saying at our at our podcast live event that it was only like five players or something, four or five players. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pandering to a very small crowd. I guess the other thing to think about with that, though, is like it's all well and good saying choose your own adventure, but... The teams that don't come out wearing the pride jerseys are going to cop the same. Well, that's true. There, there'll still be, yeah, yeah. There's going to be backlash regardless. There will be. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I saw a tweet from Josh T. Bristow. Now, I haven't verified it. I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently Aussie teams are 0-7 when they refuse to wear pride round jerseys. Huh. It didn't come at a good time for Kansas. No, it didn't. <laughs> they lost a couple of games on the trot. They had injuries. I mean, obviously, they've steadied the ship a little bit. They smashed the Wildcats, but yes. Anyway... There's been some controversy in boxing. Have you heard about that one? Liam Wilson? So he believes that Emmanuel Navarrete is very lucky having been given nearly 30 seconds to recover from a fourth round blow rather than a normal standing eight count. And he also caught shenanigans on the weigh-in before the match. I quote, it was pretty blatantly evident that they were against me. They wanted to make the Navarrete versus Oscar Valdez fight. They had a date scheduled for it in May or June, so they were looking past me from the get-go. I don't want to be that guy that gets on camera and sounds like a sore loser, but when it's the thing I've been working hard for for 17 years just got taken away from me from some guy who probably hasn't had freaking boxing gloves on in his life. Interesting. Interesting. Look, I, I tend to avoid the boxing stuff, but I had heard that the standing eight count was very, very exaggerated. Yeah, so I, I heard about the weigh-in before the bout had even happened, and then I read about that, and so, yeah, a couple of things. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. And admittedly, this one is a little bit old, but speaking of fighting... If you're going to break into a house, maybe pick your target carefully because a couple of teenagers did not when they attempted to break into the home of former cruiserweight and Australasian champion Casey Cowell, who ran them off. Oh dear. That actually reminds me going way, way, way back of somebody in an airport trying to steal Michael Johnson's suitcase. And I think the rest of the entire American track and field team was there as well. It's like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. You literally picked the fastest guy on the planet at the time. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and when he catches you, you'll stick the uh, shot putters on you or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the weightlifter. <laughs> oh, well, that's not track and field, but yeah. You get the drip. Sports. Sports. 
Now, NFL, the Super Bowl's around the corner, but, geez, we've got so much tonight. I might almost sit on the NFL for now, I think. Do you have, do you have much NFL? or A little bit. I mean, Tom Brady retired again. Yes, yes, he did. Can you honestly believe that he just completely fucked his marriage up to have one mediocre year extra? And that's why I said a few weeks ago when we talked about it that I did not believe that that was his last season because, I, yeah, for that exact reason, I thought, why would you put it all on the line for one mediocre season? Exactly, yeah. Yay. I'm surprised. We made the wild card round, yeah. Yeah, well, and they were dreadful, so... They, they were. Yeah. Look, I'm the same as you. I'll believe it when the prick's off the field in round one next season, but... Oh, I do, I do believe it now this time. But yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Did you see a guy bottled the sand on the beach? <laughs> it was last I heard, and this was only on Saturday, I think. It was at fifteen grand. Uh, it's at ninety nine thousand. I'm not kidding. I wish I was kidding. Oh, that's ridiculous. Actually, technically illegal to take sand from our beaches. So yeah, that's that's very true. So that's an interesting one. Five dollars ten shipping. At least that's, <laughs> that's, that's reasonable. So at this stage, and this was sent through to me by my wife's brother. About two days ago, 99,900, 124 bids wow. on a frigging bottle of sand. I, again, I think it's the reasonable shipping price. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of really quick hits on the NFL. We'll do it more post-Super Bowl. But did you hear that Joe Mixon, on the day before the divisional game against Buffalo, pointed a gun in someone's face, allegedly saying, you should be popped in the face, I should shoot you. Smart. Far out. I mean, they won that game, but they didn't get any further. He's been charged with aggravated menace. Philly and San Francisco combined for the fewest passing yards since 1982. Now, San Francisco were on their fourth string quarterback. Really sad end to the season for them. And look, even with him, they did hold on initially, but Philadelphia obviously ran away with it in the end. No surprise there. A couple of really quick Super Bowl storylines. The Chiefs finished 16-3, and three, had 546 total points scored, six All-Pros, and the number one seed in the AFC. The Eagles, 16 and 3, 546 points scored, six all pros, and a number one seed in the NFC. They both even have a Kelsey, Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, with Jason Kelsey's wife being so close to giving birth that she's bringing her OBGYN to the game. I saw that. <laughs> giving him a seat. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because when you think about the fact that Mark Warburg left the Super Bowl one oh, time yes. because his kid was bored. Yes. And this woman's going to stay at one because her kid will be born. <laughs> She's the wife of a player, but yeah. True. <laughs> Let's hope it's not too close and she doesn't get too... It could be very stressful. Turn but, everyone down. But, but uh, it's storylines galore. First time with two African-American quarterbacks starting, obviously Patrick Mahomes and uh, Jalen Hurts. Andy Reid connections. So Andy Reid had a really good career in Philly. Now he's gone over to KC. He's actually bought a lot of the Philly staff with him over the years. So it's kind of Philly versus Philly, AFC and <laughs> NFC Philly. And the Eagles are back with a whole new staff, as I say, only about five years since they last won it. That's an incredible effort. And now Doug Peterson's in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. So he could very easily become a Super Bowl winning coach with two different teams. It is conceivable. I'm never staring blankly at Nathan. I got the first half of that and then you went off on like a real rant that I had no idea what you're talking about. It is cool though. The the, the two African-American quarterback thing is fantastic. It's like one of those things, I guess, as a, a very passive fan, growing up watching a little bit of football here and there, like the quarterback was always a white guy. Oh, it's crazy to think in 2023, yeah. That we're finally there. Yeah. Like it's it's really cool. So I remember the year the Colts beat the Bears was the first time two African-American head coaches. That would have been 07, I want to say. Um, 06, 07, the set, you know how it transcends yeah, two, yeah, yeah. two calendar years. 
so yeah, this is quite some time after that. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to finish the football with what I think is probably one of the tweets of the week. Oh, yeah. Super 70 sport. They've done ah, it again. They always do. Chinese spy balloon hit. Reports coming in now it was a shanked Brett Mayhar extra point attack. <laughs> Brett Mars, should we? No, they call it Mayhar. I don't care. We got it. It's like Notre Dame. It's you've just <laughs> Sometimes you've just got to hand it to the bullshit. Uh, fair enough. And now, what made Stu say bloody hell? Well, before I get into the bloody hell this week, I do have to just point out the aircon is very, very nice in here. Nate's got a little bit chilly and he's gone out and retrieved a certain San Antonio Spurs jacket. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Has to be done. It's the present that keeps on giving. <laughs> now, look, the bloody hell this week goes to one of my company's rivals, Uber Eats, and a very spatially unaware driver. So a couple of weeks ago, Loyola Chicago were playing to Kesney and at the start of the second half with Loyola Chicago up three, a man in a yellow jacket with an Uber Eats bag in hand wandered into the short corner. He ended up less than a foot away from Ramblers forward Philip Alston. The ball was actually turned over on that play and the man was quickly ushered off the court. There'd been a lot of rumours going around that this was a TikTok stunt, as if I didn't need an excuse to hate them even more, <laughs> honestly. But the Uber Eats official Twitter account posted nothing but net. Not really, guys. That's that's a turnover. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You're going to double down on somebody basically wandering onto a court unlawfully. Jeez. Pretty poor stuff. So for turning a delivery fee into a corner three, all I can say to you, Uber Eats driver, is bloody hell. Bloody hell. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What made Nate say bloody hell? Now, this is an interesting one, Shui. I don't know if you've seen this one, but did you hear about 22-year-old assistant coach for Churchland Junior Varsity Girls basketball team in Portsmouth, USA, impersonating a 13-year-old player? <laughs> I did see that. So in a game from the 21st of January, she blocked a shot, drove for a layup. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. So apparently the player that she was kind of pretending to be was elsewhere playing in another tournament. Surely people would have known that and realised that. It's like, that so it's like the most imperfect crime there is. It's like that soccer movie where the guy dresses up as a woman. She's the man. She, yes. That's, she... It's, that's the other way. She. It's uh, What's her name? It's the one that went off the rails. Amanda Bynes. No, it's it's not it's not She's the Man. It's that Ladybugs film that Rodney Dangerfield was in. Oh, She's the Man's probably a remake 40 years later. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, so in this in this film, there's basically a boy that dresses up like a woman and plays on the girls' soccer team. It's a joke. I'm sorry to laugh, but it, that's kind of the equivalent except age instead of gender. Yeah, I don't know if those sort of movies fly anymore as well. <laughs> Suffice to say, the girl has told the team she will not be playing with them next season. The assistant coach has been sacked and other people on staff have been sacked too. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. How nuts is NBA.com going to go when he passes Kareem's 38,387 points? I hope really nuts. I do. <laughs> I hope really nuts. Uh, one of the things that I think we do a good job of is recognizing the moment, planning for the moment, especially something like this that you can plan for, uh, and celebrating that moment properly. There's not going to be a much bigger moment than LeBron passing Kareem for all-time scoring. What an amazing accomplishment for a long, productive, healthy, excellent career. You know, I think we'll be ready for it. And I, what you said, you're, the question you just asked me now, I hadn't even thought of it 
until this moment, but I'm sure that will be the number one play on the top 10. And even <laughs> if it's a free throw, it'll be number one. I really, I really, it might be. Your team, I, I, eh? Honest to God, it may be because it's such an incredible accomplishment. There's a assistant coach with the Denver Nuggets named John Beckett. Uh, John used to work with us in, in television. And then he started training people individually. And then he got a job in the video room with the Atlanta Hawks and sort of moved up. John and I are friends, and I, I remember telling John after LeBron's sophomore year in high school, there's this guy you've got to see named LeBron James. Uh, and so I feel like I've been following this story since he was a kid. Uh, and to see him have this, I mean, incredible career, just he absolutely lived up to all the hype. And I don't know that anybody's ever been as hyped as him. The only other one is Kareem. So uh, I just think that he's met and exceeded every possible level he could ever hope to meet and exceed. So it deserves all of our effort, all of our creativity, and all of our time to congratulate him for that. And it's so funny that you mentioned the free throw, because that was, funnily enough, one of the things I was going to say is we probably all remember Kareem breaking Wilt Chamberlain's scoring record with, a, a obviously, a skyhook, a signature move in that game against yep. Utah. All we can pray is, because obviously LeBron's last couple of passes have been pretty disappointing. They've been either in blowout losses or free throws. So you do, you just kind of hope it's something a little bit more exciting. Even if it's a pull-up jump shot, you just don't want it to be a layup or a free throw. You want it to be something a, a bit more exciting. What's interesting to me about that is LeBron seems to have a memory that allows him to track stuff during a game, after a game. So if he comes into a game knowing he needs 13 points, my hunch is that he'll be aware of that number. Uh, so when he gets to 11, I'm 100% positive LeBron's going to know next bucket is the record. Uh, I don't know that that impacts what he does, how he does it. What's, what's frankly, it's honestly a little disappointing. The Lakers are awful. The Lakers are just awful right yeah, now. Sure and are. so it just seems like a... It seems a little unfortunate because they, they don't seem competitive right now. Hopefully, you know, it's it's really early in the season. Hopefully they can turn it around for his sake. Uh, but it's not going to be in a situation where, you know, he's in a meaningful game is, as it stands right now. Uh, I hope that changes because, you know, it was, you remember last year when he was sort of chasing the scoring title and he was staying in games way past when he needed to be in games, uh, trying to put up numbers, and it felt a little uncomfortable. I don't think this is that same feeling, but I just I just wish it was in a, a you know in a competitive race as he's chasing a playoff spot. But at number one, just sit back, relax, watch the kid from Akron unfurl the shot heard around the world. The king passing Kareem for number one on the NBA's all-time scoring list, and you knew he wasn't gonna miss. LeBron James, truly number one. On the NBA.com. Cut it. So, Shui, a lot is happening in the NBA. Nikola Jokic had a triple-double at halftime today. Cam Thomas has had three consecutive 40-point games. There was a massive trade. Dwayne Dedman going to the Spurs for cash considerations. Cash considerations. <laughs> Kyrie, of course, we'll talk about. But we've got to talk about what happened today, and we're glad it happened today. Oklahoma City beat the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> no, I'm not happy. I'm incredibly oh. disappointed. We are half a game out of the play-in right now. And Utah's falling too. Utah's going to trade oh, players, I reckon. Excuse me. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. But LeBron, 
the all-time scoring leader in the regular season, because we've got to make that point because it's such a weird thing. America has this obsession with the regular season scoring. So when it comes to GOAT debates, it's all about championships. But when we celebrate records, oh, he's actually ahead of Kareem all-time, including playoffs. Eh, it doesn't matter. Oh, regular season. Oh, 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 oh. Ten minutes away. <laughs> Yes. Interesting times. It is. So, yes, the king is officially king. He's finally made it to number one. I had a look on ESPN at the all-time scoring leaders. It looked so weird seeing Kareem out of number one. Well, that's one of those numbers, 38,387. It has been, like, indelibly printed on my brain. But now it's gone because he's not not number. It's 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 not not gone. It's not gone. You still remember the number, but... He got pissed, by the way, until they did the photo and he pointed to LeBron and he smiled. I was like, ah, okay. Maybe it was just resting bitch face for Kareem or resting uh, board face or something, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you. I was actually almost convinced, and I said it to you in a message, I was convinced that he wasn't going to get it today. I thought, okay, so he would start doubling him, make Russell Westbrook shoot better than four of 15 or do something. And I said to you, the Lakers desperately need a win, so if he's smart, he'll play for the win rather than the record. And it didn't look like he was forcing too much. I mean, there were a couple of times, well, it was one time down the court when he only needed two points where he made a good pass out of a double and did the right thing. Here's the question. How much should you actually get to see? Oh, not much. I mean, yeah, I, was, I saw the moment. Yeah, I was out on the road. I went once I saw that it was down to eight points. I pulled over into a side street just off Great Eastern Highway and took my phone down to a beautiful little part of the river there and just kind of took it all in until it happened. And it was it was fairly quick. I timed my lunch break and basically had received my food and just got out in time to see the turnaround jumper for the record. And then I saw the celebration and that was kind of my lunch break, really. So we're going to talk about that. So we're going to talk about so much. So two things that I took out of the celebration, and I know there's other stuff to discuss. Firstly, such a shame that it couldn't have been a skyhook. <laughs> uh, that's a bit disrespectful, I think. Look, it's paying homage to the, one of the greatest to ever do yeah, it. But if he's never shot one, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, interesting. Shot running hooks. Before. Well, okay, yeah. I just thought it would be kind of nice. But it was a close game, so we probably thought, well, I need to make a proper shot. And it was a tough shot. He was defended well by, uh, what's his name? Kenrick. Kenrick, 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 Yeah, look, that one foot fade away has almost become one of his trademarks moving forward later in his career. Certainly moved away from the Tomahawk dunks to those fadeaways, as a lot of players do later in their career. The other thing that I was a bit disappointed with was him not making a beeline for Kareem. Like, I would have said, as soon as that ball is through the net, do your little wave your hands to the crowd, but I would have loved to have seen him make a beeline for Kareem and spend that moment with him he eventually got to but I mean, and obviously i get it he wants to spend time with his family and his yeah teammates. he had his two sons were on the baseline recording it and i think everyone in the stadium apart from two people that people have identified on twitter were recording it on their phones yeah. but, <laughs> but I, I legitimately think he should have gone to kareem anyway that's my thoughts yeah oh look i don't know in the heat of the moment it's all the big stuff to me is anthony davis barely leaving the bench not celebrating at all I've heard apparently Russell Westbrook was a little bit funny and played a bit funny throughout the course of the game. There are thoughts that maybe his time is really numbered in LA. So, hmm. Well, they were dangling him for Kyrie Irving. Well, that's right, which we'll get to in a sec. Yeah, it's interesting though. I mean, for me, I just, I looked at it and I thought, yeah, the whole thing, it almost felt too choreographed for my life. Interesting. How do you feel about the delay? It seemed lengthy and, uh, look, All I can think is the league weren't convinced the Lakers were going to win. And in the end, that was the right call because they lost by three. I heard in the Lakers post-game show, they didn't even mention the score. Oh, wow. (laughs) That is interesting. 
I suppose they did a similar thing when Steph Curry broke the three-point record. And apparently they did, even when Kobe passed MJ on scoring, yep. I read that they did a similar thing. Well, that so. was in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. A, I, don't... I can tell you, it was a free throw in Minnesota, right. left-hand side of the screen. And not long after his passing, they actually, one of the, the opening tip-offs, they basically took the ball and put it down on the spot where he hit the free right, throw. Right, right. Remember, I was watching a video on that literally two days ago. Yeah, right, right. There you go. But, um, yeah. but yeah, they, they have kind of stopped it every time LeBron's come through. And I, I would actually love to crunch the numbers and have a look and see what LeBron's win-loss record is because he always seems to lose the games when he's passing someone. Ah, oh, Stewie, you're like Nikola Jokic setting me up here. Have I? I've got it. The assist. <laughs> All right. So unfortunately, I've forgotten to record where I've got this from. When he passed Michael Jordan in scoring, they lost by 16 to Denver. When he passed Kobe, they lost by 17 to the Sixers. When he became the all-time leading scorer, including playoffs, so it's already happened, they lost to the Warriors, who didn't even have Draymond Green. And when he reached 10,000 points, 10,000 assists, and 10,000 rebounds, they lost to Phoenix by 29. Today, they blew a 16-point lead. So basically, yeah, he's not good in those milestone games. Well, milestones take a toll. They do. And he did tear up and you could tell he was exhausted. And maybe that's why he went for it. Maybe he was like, let's just get this out of the way and then we can start thinking about wins because they need them. It's too late. I'm calling it. Yeah, okay. Look, I don't think the deadline hasn't passed. So I'm not going to call it. But geez, I tell you what, they're teetering. They're on a knife's edge. I thought at this stage of the season, there would have been one of those season-changing five or six-game win streaks. It just hasn't happened, and it refuses to happen. They're losing games to teams like OKC, who are not tanking, but they're... In, they're still, no, they're clearly not. They were never tanking. They're still in a, I think we can say that now. Yeah, but they're still in a building phase. So just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've lost so many games to teams that shouldn't be even touching them. And I get it. Anthony Davis has missed a ton of games, but... Uh, Put it this way. Well, Anthony Davis is very unreliable and he's, I don't know, do you want him as your second star? Um, uh, their only move is to dangle him in trade, I think, because they're not going to get anything for Westbrook. Well, maybe. So maybe do you just kind of say, look, we'll do our best and maybe right off the season and retool in the offseason and potentially consider trading Davis. I don't know. Depends if you can find a team that's willing to blow it up. I mean, could you dangle Westbrook for someone like a DeMar DeRozan? If the Bulls are not looking particularly good, they might want to... From my understanding is that Levine's more likely to be dealt than DeRozan. I'd still take Levine over Westbrook. Yeah, I don't know if Chicago would do that deal, though. Honestly, I don't know, maybe those two picks, if they can throw those... Those two picks are huge. Yeah. Anyway, look, we can sit here and talk about this all day. We can, and I'm sure we maybe will after the trade deadline oh. in a few days' time, but yeah. One trade that has happened, though. Yes, so, Aside from the Dwayne Denver yes, one. Yes, of course, the, yeah. the, the secondary trade in, <laughs> in the season so far. So Phoenix offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and picks to Brooklyn. The Nets wanted Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves, Max Christie, two first-rounders and pick swaps. Basically, Joe Sy didn't want to deal with them. No. And in the end, Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris to Dallas, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, 2029 unprotected first-rounder, 2027 and 29 second-round picks, and now Joe has, indeed, probably the whole franchise has breathed a sigh of relief. Um, you've been holding on to that uh, one. Yeah, no, I love how you react as if I hadn't already read that one. <laughs> you've been holding on to that one like a fart in an elevator. <laughs> so I guess for me, I'll just quickly pose a couple of questions to you. And I, I find this to be a really confusing trade. Did Dallas give up too much to get Kyrie? But at the same time, did Brooklyn get enough back for him? Uh, I think... Kyrie 
evidently they cut their losses. Kyrie threatened to sit out the rest of the season. He's a free agent anyway. So I think they got what they could. I completely understand why he didn't want to deal him to the Lakers. Already we've seen the inmates run the asylum, for lack of a better phrase, with the James Harden's done it. So many players have done it in the last few years. So I'm glad that he didn't give him what he wanted and I'm glad that he didn't send him to the Lakers. And I actually think that's a good thing. And people are calling it petty. Do you know what? Kyrie Irving's petty. He's done some pretty petty shit himself. We should call him Tom. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Oh, what an artist. He's not Satan. He's done a lot of good things. He does a lot of good in the community. He donates, blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying he's a horrible human being, but I do think he's a horrible teammate. And I think Dallas this is a desperation move by Dallas. I think getting rid of Dorian Finney-Smith is going to hurt them defensively more than perhaps what they think. I don't know. I feel like Cuban and Kidd have talked themselves into it, but mm, he is not a player. I mean, I heard Ryan Rossillo talking about it on the Bill Simmons podcast a few days ago. He said that he was basically the least player he would like to deal with in all of American pro sport. Yeah. That's how bad he is. That's yeah. how toxic he is. He said he wouldn't even lend five bucks to him. Wow. That's He wouldn't even get into business with him that way. And that's how, that's kind of, I mean, I, I didn't think there was someone that had a iller view of Kyrie than me, but Ryan Rossillo does. But that's definitely how I kind of feel. And I think Brooklyn won the trade, to be honest. Well, I was actually going to pose the question, is it possible that both teams lost that trade? Maybe. It's more likely than both teams winning, and it's more likely than maybe one of the teams winning. So. Let's look at this. So Dallas already one of the worst ranked defensive teams in the league. I think they were sitting like 24th or something like that. You're removing Finney Smith, who you've already said was a, a pretty decent perimeter defender. Very important. Dinwiddie wasn't an amazing defender, but he wasn't too bad. He's had a good season. And they're getting Kyrie Irving, who is at most moderately average, but pretty shit. Oh, yeah. Let, it's, it's, just, not, it's not his focus, that's for sure. Let's just call it what it is. What is terrifying for Dallas is the fact that Kyrie's unrestricted at the end of this season. So he could walk. Well, maybe this this is the thing. So apparently they'll have 21 million cap space if they don't keep him. Maybe they've thought, okay, we'll roll the dice and then we have a shitload of cap space for free agency otherwise. So maybe it was calculated in that regard. It, look, it is possible, but 21 mil doesn't seem like a lot. And certainly if you're looking to... Well, get, you can get a good player for... Yeah, but if, are you going to get someone with the same sort of quality player as Kyrie Irving? And I'm not... If only there was a player like, I don't know, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Look, I, I that looks worse and worse with every passing day. Yeah, that decision, it really does. Yeah. Look, I'll give you a positive for Dallas. Dallas are dead last in the league in fourth quarter scoring. Have a guess who's number one in the league individually? Oh, Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah, right. So he can potentially fill that hole in terms of he's a very good fourth quarter scorer. But you know, in Brooklyn as well. Okay, their side they get a pretty good scorer in Dimwitty. They kind of move from the middle of the pack defensively to maybe upper middle. But Dinwiddie's not Kyrie, like in terms of the quality. He's only a 41% shooter in his career. So he gets points, but he's a high volume shooter to get those. I just, for me, I just don't think this moves the needle. It definitely doesn't move it for Brooklyn. And I don't think it really moves the needle that much for Dallas. Well, it moves the needle for Brooklyn because he threatened to not play another game. So yes, in that okay. sense, if he followed through on that threat, they're better than they would have been with him not playing. True. For Dallas, sideways move. I said it in our chat. I think they're going to be much more fun to play with on NBA 2K23. They will. But that's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Look, he'll give you a good month. He'll give you a good couple of months. He may even give you a good rest of the season. And he has incentive to do so because he wants a big contract. But I would not be signing that guy. I would not want him on my team. I heard on First Take the other day when 
Jay Williams and Stephen A. Smith went at each other's throat, which was very hard to watch. If only they'd hit each other's throat. Oh, if only they'd known they were on telly and we didn't want to see that shit. Anyway, apparently there are so many people in the organisation that are just so relieved about all this. Yep. So relieved. Apparently he's caused so many people, so many headaches. And look, it's not all about on court. Yeah, okay, they look good on paper. And look, to be honest, do they look much better on paper when you think about defence? But no, if I was a Dallas fan, I'd be disappointed. The simple question is, and you don't even need to answer this, is Luca going to enjoy playing with a point guard who is high usage? They're both massive. Uh, Luca's highest usage in the league, isn't he? Highest usage probably in NBA history. So Kyrie's not going to enjoy playing with him either, I don't think. Now, look, they're pros. They can adjust their games. It doesn't mean that they're rigid and they can't. They're, they're special players. They're special talents. So they can probably work it out. But there's no guarantee they will. It's going to take some time. Though. It will take time. It will take time. I, I can't believe... it doesn't have time. Though. No. I can't believe people are saying championship. No. No. The Dallas Mavericks are not a championship threat. No. Not this season. I mean, let's call it what it is. At the moment, they're two games ahead of Utah, who are in the 10th seed. Yep. They're two and a half games ahead of Oklahoma City, who are in the 11th seed. They don't have a whole heap to play with. No. So if it takes them seven, 10 games to figure it out, or even more... This stuff. Now, Nathan, I understand that you like the way Snub thinks. <laughs> I have no idea where you're going with this. Well, look, I mean, we've got to talk about all-star snubs. Ah, okay. <laughs> and I had to get a Simpsons quote in because, I mean, we've got our quota. Ah, very good. Yes, very so, good. All-star teams have been named. Before we get into this, I know you absolutely hate the all-star game, but what are your thoughts on them doing this schoolyard pick like two hours before the game tips off? Yeah, ah, uh, look... Uh, I don't really have an opinion. East, West, can we just go back? Yeah, yeah, or Internationals versus USA. And shout out to Throwback Hoops. I know they said that on their pod as well with Lee Ellis. Amazing, amazing. Please, I had, Yeah, I had please. it queued up today. I haven't listened yet. I very much look forward to it. Everyone listening. should go and listen to that. It's a, it's well, a really... They should listen no matter what, always, yeah, to but, every episode. But this is, yeah, it's a pretty... But anyway, yeah, East, West, I'm, I'm all for it. So, look, there's been a number of people that have talked about All-Star snubs. Well, who have you got? Can I just say... The system is shit. So you may four different players gave Chet Holmgren a vote. Hasn't <laughs> even played a game. Yeah, that's a joke. And I heard on PTI now, admittedly, it was about a week or maybe even nearly two weeks ago now. But I'm sure Tony said that something in the range of 320 players received at least one vote. Wow, that's nearly the whole fucking league. It's too. The system is shit. Yeah, I'm not interested. I'm not interested at all. I look to be honest. It's hard for me to talk too much on snubs because I'm like a lot of people where my NBA watching doesn't really ramp up until post-Super Bowl. So I'm only kind of watching one game a week, a couple of minis. There's some teams I haven't seen a hell of a lot yet. So I don't feel uber qualified to talk about the snubs other than kind of looking at stats and records and that yeah, sort of thing. Fair enough. But what I will say, so I'll take a different tack. Games played is really important. And anyone that's listened to us for more than one episode will know we bang on about it all the time. I just talked about it with Shay Ely. I think it's outrageous that Paul George got a nod when guys like De'Aaron Fox have played every single game and they didn't get a nod. I find that offensive. And that's kind of what I find really disappointing that players get kind of lifetime achievement votes and that sort of thing when they're really deserving players. And look, De'Aaron Fox, a lot of people were dogging him and he's turned it around. You know, he was in trade rumors all the time last season and he's really turned it around and he's a big reason why Sacramento are a high seed in the West currently. Well, I mean, I can expand on all of those points you've made. I think you've made some, some really, really key points. So 
in terms of I've kind of got two snubs for each conference that I I think of it. De'Aaron Fox certainly in the West is a massive one. He is probably the maybe the equal main reason with Sabonis in terms of why the Sacramento Kings are the biggest surprise packet in the league right now. They're sitting ahead of Phoenix, Dallas, Golden State, and the Clippers at the moment. And OKC. Yes, and okay, so for now, for now. <laughs> but what I think is really important in terms of this, and going back to what you said about Fox, yeah, he was one of these guys that could kind of fit into that good stats or great stats, bad team for that many seasons. He's shooting over 50% from the field for the first time in his entire career. Free throw line as well, career high. A team like Sacramento, the way that they're playing, I don't think that they have even close to an MVP candidate. So I think having two all-stars is probably justified. And I think Darren Fox is very, very unlucky not to make it. And look, he probably will make it with the number of injury reports that will be there. I've already heard that, you know, Kevin Durant's not going to play and there's probably three or four more that won't make it as well. So he probably still will get a Guernsey, but not legitimately. Speaking of, that reminds me. So the NFL Pro Bowl was over the weekend. Fucking hell. Tyler Huntley got in, right? He played five games. He threw three touchdowns and ran for two. In five games, and he made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, right. <laughs> what? The bar's getting pretty low. Gee, you, so, yeah, injury replacements, but in the NBA, there's another story. These guys would be deserving. We might get a Pro Bowl game. Yeah, well, exactly, right? Exactly. About it. Yeah, Brett Maher. But no, Give him a kick. Maher. <laughs> now, look, Darren Fox, that's a, that's a really, really good point that you made about him. The other one in the West, I think, is Anthony Edwards. I think he's been a little bit unlucky, and he's probably a victim of, I guess, the lack of success that the Timberwolves have Yeah, had. how's their record? Gee, that Gobert trade looks worse and worse and worse. It though. does. But if, I mean, if you look at his numbers, 25 points, six rebounds, four and a half assists, 1.7 steals, which is good for seventh in the league as well. He's got a better real plus minus than Trey Young, Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, Draymond Green, DeMar DeRose, and a lot of these really good quality players He's been spectacular in the middle of a dumpster fire. And he hasn't missed a game. There you go. So again, another good reason why maybe you should be ahead of Paul George. And I will get to that in a minute as well, because it's very interesting you say that. In the East, look, there's two guys you can make a case for. James Harden is the obvious one. Again, it's the number of games missed that's potentially the, the big thing. He's missed 17 of their 52 games, so nearly a third. Yeah. Which is probably a lot. Which is probably enough. Yeah. 21, 6, and 11, leading the league in assists per game at that number, 1.2 steals a game. The Sixers are 24 and 11 when he plays, only 10 and 7 when he doesn't. So yep. that does look pretty good. Um, Trey Young's the other one. And again, he's probably more, a again, a victim of Atlanta being not amazing at this stage. They're seemingly getting better, but they're probably still underwhelming a little bit. I had a Trey Young stat for you, Stewie. He became the second youngest to 8,000 points, 3,000 assists, and 1,000 rebounds, only behind LeBron. He was 24 and 135 days. LeBron, 24 and 67 days. And second fastest when it comes to games, only behind Oscar Robertson, 326 to 291. Yeah. Yeah. Quality. So We've got to occasionally have some Hawks love. Of course. Look, I mean, as I said, like they they look like they're actually starting to turn things around a little bit. I mean, they've, they've moved up in the standings a little bit, which is great. Still going to be really interesting to see if they trade John Collins and what they get for him. And of course, as I say that, I look at the standings. They're eighth at the moment. They're four and six in the last 10. So actually mm. not as good as I thought, but okay. it just felt better. But look, with Trey Young, out of the top 16 scorers in the league, Trey's the only one who's not an all-star. 27 points a game, a hair under 10 assists. Shooting's maybe a little bit down, and the, the Hawks, on a holistic approach, have been a bit disappointing. Let's maybe look at it that way. But the Bulls have an even worse record, and DeMar DeRozan made it with 
half as many assists and only two more rebounds. So you can kind of make a case there. Stats aren't everything. They're not everything. And look, you can make a case for Pascal Siakam, but his team is underperforming so yeah, badly. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. They're not even in the play-in. You can make a case for Anthony Davis, but he's missed half the bloody season. There's been more parity this season than I remember in an NBA season just about in my life. Yeah, it's been it's crazy. Been crazy. I mean, Golden State are a couple of bad losses away from missing all falling out. Yeah. Yep. Like that Steph injury could have him out for multiple weeks. Yep. It's big. crazy. It's, it's great. Big. Oh, there you go. He's another one who's not going to play. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. Yeah. Now, one of the things I heard you mention when in your little rant at the start there was about the Lifetime Achievement Awards, and so obviously you were talking about Drew Holiday, I assume. Uh, well, I was talking about Paul George because he was the player in question, but it's not limited to him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I must I must admit, in sort of thinking about who would miss out for any of these players, there were a few guys. Look, yeah, Paul George is one. He's missed 30% of the Clippers games this season. Should disqualify him for mine. Jaron Jackson Jr. has missed 34% of the Grizzlies games. We don't know how many of the blocks and steals he gets at home are legitimate. Did you see that? I did. I was just about to bring it up. I've got a stat here. So this is admittedly a while ago. This is from late January. But apparently at home, 22 steals, 66 blocks. Road, 12 steals, 37 blocks. Mm. So there could be potentially somebody diddling the numbers of there. Which John is... Assad that tweeted that. Okay, there you go. So you could certainly make a pretty decent case for those two guys missing out. And then Drew Holiday, yeah, as I said before, like he's having a good enough season to, I guess, be in the running. But does it justify a berth? I don't know if it does. I like, test like, again, I understand the lifetime achievement sort of thing. They did it for a number of guys like Dirk Nowitzki and Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade and all of these guys, but it's like they had way, way, way better careers. Well, and they were voted in as starters by the fans. Yeah. It, yeah, but I test. They're number two seed in the East, and yeah. he plays very good defense. Yeah. He shuts down opposition players. Flipping. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Still, I'm just, I, just counterpoint. I don't know. I, I just don't think he's been as good a two-way player as he has in previous years. I think, if anything, he deserved to be an all-star maybe in previous years and not so much this year. Uh, and if you're going to do lifetime achievement awards, then Chris Paul should be in because he's had. A oh well, I'm definitely not in in favor of lifetime achievement he's awards. Had, like he's had a yeah. he's had a way better career than Drew Holiday. <laughs> but it will happen in the MVP race too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Carl Malone won an MVP. Tim Duncan should have won it that year. Well, in the late nineties, probably, definitely, maybe, definitely. I'd have to go back and watch all the games. <laughs> but no, I, I think that you could make a, a case for a lot of these things. And one of the things that you always bring up as well, the term snub. It's just an interesting one. What do I normally say? <laughs> that, that it's to do with like egregious. Ones. Oh, right. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, yeah. I do believe that. Like some people miss because, well, actually this is a great segue. So I saw a tweet from JJ Redick. In 1961, the percentage of all-stars to non-all-stars, 25% all-stars, 75% non-all-stars. Now there's been a lot of expansion since then. So nowadays, 4% all-stars, 96% non-all-stars. Could you imagine if 25% of players were all-stars? It'd be like 120 people. Does that mean they should lengthen the rosters? Or does that mean the rosters would be too big and guys wouldn't get court time and yeah. it just becomes a bit of a shambles? Yeah, it'd be a shambles. Yeah. As it is, you still get guys not playing that many. But there's been a lot of them over the years where there have been ridiculous players getting in. I think of guys like, you know, no disrespect to these guys, but someone like Theo Ratliff or Tyrone Hill. You could name a hundred of them. Where Chris could, Gatling. Chris Gatling over Lafonso Ellis. Yep, I spoke about No, you do. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm thinking about our draft episodes, our redraft episodes. But, yeah. But like, 
I mean, you, you could also make a case, and thankfully for, I guess, for Joe Dumas, they did East-West back then, but Joe Dumas making it in 97 as well when LaFonso Wallace missed. LaFonso Wallace was averaging like 22 and 8 or something. Dumas was like 14 points and three rebounds and three assists, but he makes it because it's a boys' club. Jamal McGlure. Jamal McGlure is another very, one. Very good one. And look, look, it does depend on the health of the league, obviously. I think the league is very healthy at the moment, yep. and I think the, the talent pool is actually going to increase. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Rick Smith's at Madison Square Garden in, I think, 98. There's a number of them you can make. And these, these ones aren't as egregious as those. Yes. So there's a difference between missing out and being snubbed. Yeah. Snubbed is egregious. Yes, I it do is, still believe that. Yeah. Right. Dwight Howard. We've got to talk about it. Former All-Star Dwight Howard in Taiwan. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, being in the All-Star game... Completely fair enough. He's averaging nearly 24 and 13. But, but the three-point shootout? Hang on, hang on, let's take it back a step. It's the first ever Taiwanese league all-star game. They basically made it for Dwight yeah, Well, I think that's probably canny marketing. It's very good marketing. It's the sort of thing Larry Kesterman would do. Very, very interesting. Yeah. But you're right, the three-point shootout's a fucking joke. Yeah. He's 6 of 30 in his games that he's played, and he played seven games so far. So he's averaging more than four a game. He had 10 in his first game that he had. Are they just trying to get him in every single event there is? Yeah, I mean, like, get him in the point guard. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. Like he's shooting 20% this season in Taiwan, which is slightly lower than his career average of about 21%. He's a worse three-point shooter in NBA history than Andre Roberson. Yeah. Jesus. Well, it's Dwight Howard. I know. He shouldn't be shooting threes. Yeah. Yeah, weird. Fucking hell. <laughs> All right, sure, you know what that music means. Final thoughts time. Well, it's a relief. Finally, we can get back to just talking about the Lakers missing the playoffs (laughs) instead of talking about him passing Kareem. It's good that it's finally done. It's an amazing record, a phenomenal achievement, something that will probably never be broken now. I dare say the NFL will be pretty pissed off that the NBA is intruding during the Super Bowl lead-up with not only the trade deadline, but with the, the LeBron thing too. It's been crazy. I can't wait for it though. We've got the Super Bowl next Monday. We've oh yeah, we've got couple, our time off. A couple of cheeky babies. Oh yeah, big time. Until next time, I'm Nate. And I'm Stu. We are the Sportbooks. <laughs>